Hey, Beagle. Hey, Elliot. So, uh, have you heard about Anchor yet? I have not. Well, let me tell you about it. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. That's awesome. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. That's super convenient. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. One of the best things I've ever heard. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And that's amazing. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Good evening. From the basement of their haunted mansion, here with a lighter look into the darker side of the world, the Spooky Family. Elliot, Dirty, and Beagle. Take it away! <laughs> Thank you, sir. So we're back. This is Elliot with the Spooky Family Podcast. Get out of here. Oh, did, was he sticking around? He knows better than He knows than that. when it's t- He gets us up to do this. He gets out of here. It makes me sad that he. we have to keep telling him that over and over again. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to do something different. Be nice to him. <laughs> I mean, he still comes in our room and watches asleep. That's weird. Yeah, he has an accent. I asked he's him from to. Boston. <laughs> what is that? He's like that's not even a Boston accent, but that's where we found him. What's going on? What's, what's, he's from the old world. Well, um, that's what he told me. Well, well, oh, he talks to you. He doesn't even talk to me in Beagle. He just stares at us menacingly. I think it was an Inception scenario. I think I may have been asleep when he talked to me. Oh, well, that's possible. Okay, but you're back with Elliot and Gertie and Beagle here on the Spooky Family Podcast. <laughs> we are down. I. I know it's it's been a bad bad week, y'all. It's been it's been a rough one. So what have y'all been into? Nothing much. Just uh, actually looking forward. To this, yeah. Well, I'm always looking forward to, uh, you to know, uh, w- recording with my family. Yeah, you know, this is something we do for fun, and yeah. uh, it's actually a ton of fun. Yeah, believe it or not, we all have jobs, and we're not looking at this, this is not to pay the bills. Some type of way to pay the bills, no, not at all. Uh, we're just know. having fun, and yeah. no one cares what I. I it costs money uh-uh. because I was excited this week because you know I have a bunch of literature to look through. Yeah, why? because I'm a nerd. And I enjoy books about the occult and well, I mean, scary, spooky stuff. And right, and <laughs> I straight up steal things from the internet. So that's oh, and I okay. uh, cite the very, um, you know, uh, credible website, uh, uh, the YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if the YouTube, YouTube, the everything YouTube. on YouTube is true, right? Everything. Yeah. No, they don't make anything on there for entertainment. No. No, uh, it's very dry. No information related. It's not dramatized. You cannot put any. You cannot put anything on YouTube unless it's, it's been highly regulated. Yes, yes. Well, you know, guys, that's where we're at this week. Last week we t- we had a lot to talk about with the uh, missing four one one, and uh, you know, this week we're going to pick off pick off. This week we're going to pick off one by one. Anybody oh. who stands in our way, you you'll go missing. Oh my gosh. That's scary. Now read the warning. Okay. Listen, guys. We didn't mention this last time, but I definitely wanted to start off this 
you know, this does not go hand in hand. But I'm here we go. Uh, on the National Park Service website, they, they do have this information. If you see something suspicious in any National Park Service area, stay safe and tell them about it. They're not going to tell anybody else about it. Like no. the leprechaun. <laughs> you, can, you can be sure that your secrets are safe. <laughs> the National Park, Park Service. Service After what we covered. Yeah, even, even with the Freedom of Information Act, they're not going to tell anybody. Thanks for telling but, us. Uh, you can ask any uniformed National Park Service employee for help in reporting suspicious or criminal activity. Or you can contact the National Park Service Investigative Services Branch at any time. They understand that it may take time to reach park personnel and or areas with cell or internet service. You don't have to tell them who you are, but you do need to tell them what you know. You can call or text the ISB tip line at 1-888-653-0009. Or if you're on, we just made fun of them and said they wouldn't help anybody, and now we're giving this information out. But it's true. You probably need to let them know. You need to let them know. You Online, need to let them know. I'm just... We're very upset with what we found out last week during our Missing 411 episode. Yeah. If you're online, you can go to the website at www.nationalpark or nps.gov uh, for backslash forward slash one of those slashes ISB, and there you can cl- <laughs> you can click submit slash. a tip. I don't know. It's a slash. Uh, you can email them at nps underscore isb at nps.gov. But in all seriousness, if you do know anything about these cases that could help family members uh, with closure, closure. Yeah. or uh, just help somebody find one of these people, yeah, please, come, please forward. come forward and contact them at those numbers we listed um, and uh, maybe make a difference in the world. Yeah. Uh, even that being said, though, my mind goes straight back to ring, ring, ring. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. This is the park service. All right. Okay. And he kind of puts it to his chest, you know, and he's like, "Another one." Who? Who let out seventy six? <laughs> yeah. Like, man, Project seventy six is not supposed to be in the woods right he's now. He's like, they're describing it perfectly. It reminds it's, me of toys. They've completely seen it. Seventy six. Remember the movie Toys Ma'am, when he falls into the, <laughs> the pit in the water. Be, be calm. Shut it down, Hogan Stern. No, Hogan Stern, shut no. it down. <laughs> No, ma'am. You're I want to see what this thing You're not seeing an eight-foot-tall hairy monster. No, ma'am. That no, is... No. His name is Fred, and he works here, and he's a wonderful man. Wonderful yeah. man. With he a family. Has, oh, he's kidnapping your family? No, 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 no. He's, he's very... He's, he's very... Um, He's a loving individual. He's he's loving individual. He likes giving hugs. He's, oh, he's, he's ripped your husband's arm off. No, 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 no. Obviously, he there was something. He might have offended him. And there, you yeah, deserve that. Yeah, obviously, there was something wrong with that arm. I, you know, maybe, I don't know, guys. You just He, <laughs> he was trying to get a lipoma. The look, the look of shock on Gertie's face as we go about this is just it's uh, wonderful. I wish this was television. still, please call. <laughs> but still, please call that the was National a tangent like I have never heard in my life. I mean, and I got looked at funny for a Kennedy joke that I got made. I made the other day. It's fun. I made a Kennedy joke on here to chew bubblegum back at the round table, and I felt horrible about it for like a week afterwards. It was it was bad. Um. <laughs> so where do we go from here? All right. So segway, segway. Um, the guy who made those scooters, the guy who owned the company, like fell off a cliff when he was riding one. Was he riding one? Yes. Um, Did they find his body? Oh, they found it. It was there. Um, that was horrible. <laughs> that got iron. real dark. Uh, so let's go ahead. Let's move on real quick. Um, we're pleading again. This is us. We've come to you once again with us begging you. Yeah. Begging you. Arms wide open. 
We need your stories. How did that happen? We need your your scary stories, your, your real haunted house stories, your ghost stories, your creepy pastas, your anything that is scary that you if you want to yeah. talk to us, you can call us and leave us a message. And Beagle will tell you what that number is right now. Hey, call two seven six hey two nine nine one six eight one. That's the number. That is. I can't spice it up anymore. You can text us on that number. Please don't text us any bad pictures. Please. But if they're inviting that when you say that. Oh, then please text us bad pictures. Reverse it. Reverse psychology. Please text us your paranormal or unexplained pictures if you have any. But what if they're semi-sexual too? Well, then that's the way the cookie crumbles. Yes, send us pictures of crumbled cookies. That is awesome. Yeah. Well, that's what we've decided. We want pictures of crumbled cookies. Crumbled Anybody cookies. objection? I like that. Objection. I'll also take Dirty pictures of the Keebler elf. Oh, yes. If you're in the woods and you happen to run across the Keebler elves, please tell them I love their work. It's amazing. Leave tell them to, be as well. Tell them to bring back magic middles. Yeah. Yeah, if you can do that, that would I'm be great. I'm an 80s baby. I want magic middles. So, let's talk about some more stuff, guys. Um, Pikeville Toy and Comic Con coming up on July 31st. Excited. Uh, Is it work? I'm pretty sure it starts at 8 a.m. at uh, the Pikeville Expo Center. Uh, We'll be there at about uh, when it ends. (laughs) Our sister show. (laughs) Our sister show, Here to Chew Bubblegum, is actually going to be there, and we have told them that we may drop by. See what they're up to. Uh, see what Goose and Cronkite and Ned are, are up to in the big city of Pikeville. Um, you know, they, the Cronkite is probably going to be married by that time. He he did ask his puppet girlfriend if uh, she would marry him. Right. And uh, the puppet, uh, uh, from Brave what I understand, world. the puppet, from what I understand, said yes. But it sounded like this. So... We're going to assume that was a yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's the implication. It's, it is. So listen, last time we talked about missing 411. I've said that about a million times. But we didn't get to finish up last week. And before we go into some of the cases, Gertie is wanting to finish uh, with a very interesting Reddit article that she found. Uh, so, Gertie, take it away. Okay. <laughs> the user is high underscore planes. Underscore Grifter on uh, Reddit. If you're not on Reddit, you should be. It is awesome. You should not be. That place is a cesspool. Well, you can find it. It's like a, it's like a shopping it's mall. It's you don't downhill. have to go in Dick's Sporting Goods, and then you can just go in Victoria's Secret, or if you, you know. Why did you name those two stores specifically? I don't know. It's word association. Okay. Um, this user. I would have went. <laughs> I would have went with Build a Bear because we're talking about. Missing 411. Uh, Paxson. Pa- Good one. Good one. This seems to F-Y-A. be a hot topic. Oh, oh, nice. That we're nice. talking about today. Nice. Um, high Plains Grifter. Bath and Body Works. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's like That's two. Another one. There's two in the closest mall we have. That's another us. one. That's a good one, though. I love going two, by Why do you put two? I don't know, but I always have like sinus infections after I leave from a Bath and Body Works because oh it God. smells so strong. It's so strong. 
Yeah. Uh, meant to be that one. Yeah, Sorry, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. go ahead. This user on Reddit. <laughs> old Navy. There are old oh. Navy. There's old Navies. Yes, those are awesome. Go ahead, Gertie. I wish you would. Listen, Beagle and I can't just keep talking about stores all day. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have I to do your part. The Gap. If it's a Cumberland. Gap. Gosh, that, you, we're past that. Okay, yeah. we're oh, past I'm that. Sorry. We're I at Old Navy it. now. Okay, you are in the past. Okay, this uh, this Reddit user. Uh, <laughs> Explain some. Uh, the food some court was Sephora. always an awesome oh place Sephora. to go. I enjoyed the food court. Chick fil A. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. They, the the little chicken nuggets. The little. The, the there, there's the place that does the. This uh, is the, the cookies. second episode. You can't do these things. In the the, second they're episode. like the size of cakes. Oh yeah, the Great American Cookie something. Yeah. It's great, okay. Great American Cookie. Yeah. You know what, Gertie? We can already be done with this if you would just go ahead and read it. This person is discussing some things that their grandmother uh, holds true to be believed, I guess, that the, some um, some superstitions, Okay. Let's say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that her grandmother didn't allow her home to have trees closer than 10 feet apart, claiming that she liked trees but didn't want them near her yard. People who go missing are often in very dense portions of the woods. So, okay, so the trees on this woman's property had to be 10 foot apart from each other? Yeah. Okay. Or greater. This is sound yeah. like some Minecraft stuff. Yeah. Like the portal <laughs> to the end or whatever it is. And has to be so many blocks over and so many high and then you gotta light it. I said this could obviously be a personal taste issue, but considering the nature of of her region, it might have something to do with making it difficult for predators to hide. Does it tell her region? It does not disclose okay. her region. I'm sorry. sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> uh berry picking. Okay. Okay. Perhaps one of the most interesting things uh, the thread mentioned was a warning to avoid berry picking in the woods. Her grandmother grandmother claimed that berry picking should only be done in areas on the verge of the woods and only during the daylight. She also warned her granddaughter that white berries, known as doll's eyes, are extremely dangerous. In fact, she even told her to run away the moment she sees a bush of them nearby. Doll's eyes are not edible. But they do not cause allergic reactions. Okay, that was random. So why are they so dangerous? Yeah, okay. So they're not edible, but they don't cause allergic reactions. But this still, is, if I'm you see them, you got away. No, 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 no. We're not. I don't think you did anything wrong, Gert. I'm just trying to figure yeah, I'm out trying why, to wrap around that. why well, would you have to run away? Our mom always told us like to be uh, kind of leery of blackberry bushes. Remember Beagle when we were little? Yeah. Because uh, there were snakes. Um, Which I mean, snakes have an affinity. For I them, thought, always thought I but. thought this was going to go like as you're picking them, you're picking them like a Alice in Wonderland, like whoop. Like once you start hole. picking them, you can't stop picking them, and or you just kind of fall into them, and then you get back up, and next thing you know, you're in Wonderland or the mall. Yes. God Almighty. Yes, Wildcat Warehouse is an excellent store for the University of Kentucky fan, which everyone should be. Everyone should be. You're out. Please, Gertie, continue. Uh, Timing now. Like many older people, her grandmother said that staying in the woods at night was a stupid idea. But that wasn't all she said. She also warned people to stay away away from the wilderness during the blue hour. What's the blue hour? Uh, That's awesome. An hour of twilight when the setting sun cast everything in a slightly bluish light. According to her, the only place you should ever be during this time is in a well-kept indoors area. It could be that this hour has something to do with portals and paranormal creatures waking up. Hmm. Okay. 
When is the blue? Like I need to know I want this to know blue. That, yeah. yeah. Then we're gonna send. Then we're gonna send Beagle out into the woods during the, during the blue hour. That was my favorite time when I was little to play outside and stuff. It was the blue hour catch fireflies and all that in summertime? Aeropostale. Okay. You oh remember Aeropostale? Mm-hmm. That's a really is good it, story. Is it Aeropostale? I think so. I hope you find a way home. What about to the? That's true. Castle Keep. It doesn't we're involve in me. In the Castle Keep, Gertie. Where our chambers are. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Bright colors. Bed Bath and Beyond. Oh my God. Benetton. You should. Benetton was right there with bright colors. Gertie, please continue. Quit speaking about mall stores. An extremely interesting thing she said to her granddaughter was to avoid wearing bright colors in the woods, adding that things just like people, uh, and they can see you. This is a commonly held belief in many cultures around the world, and it does have some clout to it. And it really goes against everything we teach people when we send them into the woods. Wear bright orange. Wear you know bright colors so you're able. I mean, is that trying to say that? Maybe some of the reasons why some of these hunters were took because they were it's wearing possible. bright orange. It's possible. Maybe. Offending well, some of them had camo, sensibilities. <laughs> I mean, you had some in like really good camo, then you had some, you know, they had the orange hats or the right. vests. The fashion you know. designers that hide the. the I keep woods. thinking about the poor little boy we're going to talk about in the Smoky Mountains. He had a bright red shirt on, and that plays a lot into that story, but, you know, that's just that. Go ahead, Gert. Okay. That was that was the last one. Okay, yeah. so <laughs> a lot of good, uh, a lot of good advice there. If anybody knows anything else about this blue hour, or you have family members who have told you information like this, yeah, like don't go out. Like I'm, yeah. I'm curious about that. Who, like, if your family was a very strict about those, like those certain rules, like, yeah, please let us know. Let us know. Yeah, we'll definitely yeah. read it on on air. We we yeah. won't use your name if you don't want us to. Yeah. Well, uh, Beagle and I, our mother. Um, had stories from when she was younger that a light used to follow her in the tree line when she mm-hmm. would go to the the bus to stop. the end of her holler, a hollow. If you're Listen, not from for the, the for those mountains. of you all who don't know where we are located, I'm not, I'm not going to give you the specific area that we're located, but we are in the hills of eastern Kentucky, and the the forest is a scary place sometimes when you go out into these hills and you're mm-hmm. by yourself. Now, it's also a, a great place. I, when I was younger, I used to go up into the hills all the time and play, and it was it was an awesome... You know, you'd have to watch out for the abandoned mine shaft every now and then. Yeah. But it... <laughs> I know, don't look at me. It was, a dang, it was the 80s. It was a dangerous time to be a kid. But it there it's a fun place, but there is definitely a sense of foreboding when nighttime falls in our area if you don't have... If you're not with people or if Proper you're not... Proper provisions. Yeah. yeah. I've always wanted to see the difference... As you know, being raised in you know Eastern Kentucky, going somewhere that's more infamous, maybe for something that's like with the woods, um, no outdoors. Say, uh, head over to New Jersey where the New Jersey Devil is. Does there, is oh, there a different the, feel the, to the it? Pine Barrens? Yeah. yeah, is there a different feel to it? Yeah. Now, I, I've traveled decently around uh, Kentucky um, in my life, and as I know that. I can actually tell you when we're in a different state by the way that their trees are kind of yeah. together. I mean, if they don't look the same as Kentucky's no. formation. I mean, Kentucky, you know, has it's that. It's dense. Tennessee's it's very dense. It's just a dense. blanket. Tennessee's really dense, and 
the beginning of uh, heading over into North Carolina. Well, I mean, you're is all, very dense. You're West Virginia, the, you really can't tell much of a difference. No, they're all in the Appalachian Honestly. Mountains, though. Anywhere yeah. that's at, and I mean that includes even the Highlands of Scotland, like we said last time. You know, it's all part of the Appalachian Mountain chain, and. You have to remember, too, that uh, our cave system is one of the largest cave systems in the world. So when you go on these hills, not only do you have to worry about things in the hills, we have caves. Or uh, coal things, mines. Coal mines. Things, and caves. <laughs> you know, we need to do a show about Tommy knockers and about things or, uh, that people here in coal mines because yeah. I've grown up with that my whole life. I know yeah, people. I know who, people who swear but down by. Yeah, I, I mean know, that's that's. that's you hear your there's name called, no, don't answer. Yeah, if you hear your name called, don't answer. I've, I've, if you see your buddy that died. Two months ago, you don't follow. Turn around. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like, there there are all kinds of stories out there uh, about coal mines, and we'll have to do that. Remind it, like, mm-hmm. write that down somewhere, Gertie, or Beagle, or yes, sir, or Koala, <laughs> the the butler that Koalas. Koalas. Uh, but so yeah, that that stuff is out there. Um, it's just it's a strange world we live in. Yeah. And and when I say we live in, I mean in eastern Kentucky. Is it's just these hills have ghosts. These hills have uh, monsters. Uh, they may not they may not be real, but according to our grandparents, you they know, are very they're out there. very real. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll look into that and stuff. But you are listening to the Spooky Family podcast. We're gonna go uh, to break real quick. When we come back, we'll get started looking at some of those missing four one one cases here on the Spooky Family Podcast. Recorded from a secret location in the city that moves mountains. Greetings. We come in peace. Hello, everyone. I'm Goose. And I'm Cronkite. We want to invite everyone to listen to our show. You can hear Here to Chew Bubblegum on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many other platforms. We talk about UFOs, time travel, other dimensions, paranormal, and other strange topics. Be sure to tune in to Here to Chew Bubblegum. Check out our website for more information, heretochewbubblegum.com. back <laughs> spooky family yo oh don't ever do that again why i'm hip i'm with it oh my god let's all i said to hip hop down this is worse it. than the mall jokes a little bit ago what mall jokes what do you remember anything about no, a mall no i don't either oh my god oh gertie all right, so uh, last time we talked a little bit about David Pilates and the uh, missing 411. This time we're going to go into uh, some of the cases. Uh, again, if we say a joke, if we make a joke, we are not making a joke at the expense of the person that is involved in the case. Most of the time it'll be making a joke about the circumstances around the case or the exactly. fact that the National Park Service will not give out information I to I have David a strange Pilates. sense of humor. It's very dark. But it's been made that way over time and pressure. Yes. She's like Working not at the cookie mm-hmm. factory, but at the Pop-Tart factory. Okay. That's where I work. She works at the Pop-Tart factory. The Pop-Tart factory mm-hmm. uh, instills in one a morbid sense of humor. 
Yes. Um, and I'm terribly sorry for it, but it is a coping mechanism. I grew up fat. <laughs> and I am still fat. And therefore, all of my humor comes from the fact that I was made fun of on a daily basis, and I use humor as a coping mechanism. Okay. Did I just bring the room down? No. No. Okay. That didn't affect me at all. No, because you have no soul. Yeah. Right. He's a dog. I grew up tall (laughs) and mean and old. (laughs) I grew up old. Benjamin Button. (laughs) Okay. I I grew in reverse. So, (laughs) this comes... (laughs) This This world wasn't made for me. This comes from the website uh, Top Tens... T-E-N-Z. Ooh. This sounds we're all reputable. Hip. See, yes. we're hip. We are hip. Hop. This was <laughs> this was published on October 19th, 2018. So some of this information be, may be old. Good Maybe. year, though. Maybe. Yeah, it was a good year. Before it all went to the mall. Yeah. Whew, Gertie. It was written by, the, this article was written by Shannon Quinn, and it is the 10 unsolved missing 411 cases, the top 10. Okay. Okay, so the article starts out, people go missing every single day, and unfortunately some of those disappearances will always remain an unsolved mystery. When there's a pattern in the types of victims that go missing, police typically believe it's the work of a serial killer. But in the case of Missing 411, the explanation to these disappearances could be something else entirely. A retired police officer named David Paletes, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right, noticed similarities in unsolved disappearances occurring near national parks. Just a few of these common traits are that none of the victims left behind a scent trail for search dogs to find, search parties will spend months looking for them and the bodies are never recovered, sometimes their clothes are found in an area that had already been searched hundreds of times before, Pilates went on to a personal mission to solve these mysteries, or to at least gather as much information as humanly possible. He compiled his findings in his book series called Missing 411. He's also gone on to film, this says a documentary, but there's actually two documentaries Mm -hmm. out there. Out of respect for the families, Pilates never shares his own personal theories about what happened to these people. Fans of his work try uh, try to use these cases as proof of Bigfoot, alien, or interdimensional wormholes. Some think it could be a clan of cannibals living in the wilderness, or maybe they were dragged off by mountain lions or bears. The strangest cases, though, are when these people are found alive to tell their story, and yet there is still no logical explanation for why they disappeared. And yeah, I mean, I think that pretty much sums up what we talked about last yeah. uh, last week. But, put uh, a bow on it. Yeah, put a, put a nice little bow on it. A little bow, a little cherry. You didn't mention leprechauns. And I know that's one of your personal favorite theories. Say it. It's fine. Go ahead. I'm the leprechaun. He's watched way too many Austin Powers movies. That's not Austin Powers. That's Wayne's World. I know. Okay. But it stars the guy from Halloween. Yeah. Michael Myers. Yeah. He's the main character. And that brings uh, us back to serial killers. Jesus yeah. I don't know why anybody was afraid of him. I don't either. Like, he was he was a pretty funny guy. Yeah. British. Yeah, had weird teeth. All right. In February 1977, this is case number 10 of the top 10. She, I think Gertie is silently threatening my life and Beagle's life. If this was television, you could have saw it, but tis radio, and you must take my word for it. If I go missing, my last location was... The mall. <laughs> the mall. 
All right. In February. It was in Sephora. <laughs> in fe- that might. None of these, some things might come out about none, me. None of these. <laughs> none of these businesses are paying us for sponsoring. You know, sponsorship. We do not sponsor. We're not I sponsored by anyone. I mean, I don't think it's really. What? I don't know. If there was a Bigfoot store, they would sponsor us. I hope so. Because Bigfoot's chill. That's the dream. Yeah. In February 1977, a 24-year-old man named Steven... 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 Wow. Yeah, wow. A 24-year-old man named Steven Kubaki was uh, cross-country skiing through the snow near Lake Michigan. By the way, I'm going to mispronounce a lot of these names. It's okay uh, when it comes to us... uh, no one, no one listened to me. No one. <laughs> Let me tell you guys something. I Everybody am, needs to really listen. To what we I'm are saying. not an authority Please on anything. Listen. I am illiterate. <laughs> my, my life has no meaning, and I don't know anything. Yeah, so I mean, if if you guys are going to stay with the podcast, just know <laughs> that I will. This won't be the first or the last time I've butchered a name. Or a theory. Or a theory. Or the clothes I'm wearing. Or clothes what? in general. I don't know, man. It's just been one of those one of those recording Whoa. sessions. Weeks. Yep. Uh, okay, so he's cross-country skiing through snow near Lake Michigan. Once he reached the edge of the lake, he took his skis off to sit down and rest. When he got up to leave, his own tracks were gone and he became lost. The last thing he remembers was walking through the snow, feeling numb and exhausted. He blacked out. In the blink of an eye, it was spring. He was lying in a grassy field in the middle of a forest, wearing clothes that weren't his. Sitting next to him was a stranger's backpack containing running shoes and glasses that did not belong to him either. He hiked to the nearest town and asked a local resident where he was. They told him he was in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, 700 miles away from where he had been skiing. His aunt and father lived in Pittsfield, so he knocked on his aunt's door. His family was in shock, hugging him and asking him where he'd been. Kubaki had been missing for 14 months. 14 months. When Kubaki had first gone missing, the search team found his poles and skis at the edge of the lake. There was only one set of his footprints leading toward the water, but none walking away. They could only assume he drowned himself in the freezing lake. He had been missing for so long. (laughs) He'd been missing for so long, everyone assumed that he must be dead. The official explanation is that he had amnesia and that he was wandering in a fugue state. But even doctors are baffled by this case. It's incredibly rare for someone to lose their memory of such a large chunk of time, and it still leaves so many unanswered questions. His story was included in a psychology case study in a book about amnesia but even experts have been unable to figure out what actually happened. Kubaki had already earned earned a degree in linguistics before he went missing. Oh, my lord. But he was so fascinated by his own case that he went on to earn his Ph.D. in psychology. He wanted answers about his own disappearance, and yet he still couldn't find them. Solving the mystery of his missing year became an obsession, and he went on to publish a book called Metamathematical Foundation of Existence, Guadel Quantum God and Beyond. In it, he writes about the possibility of alternate universes. What? That, uh, okay. So, I mean, uh, think about it. You, you I'm go, here for Kubaki. <laughs> you go... 
You go sit down by a lake, close your eyes, and wake up 14 months later in clothes that aren't yours with a book bag that isn't yours, glasses that aren't yours, 700 miles away from where you were originally at. And it just happens to be the town that your father and aunt lives in. No thanks, I'll pass. How crazy is that? It's, I mean, it... I have it's ba- I mean that just baffles me. It does. It baffles me. I mean for um, for right or wrong, you know what my brain does about that? What? Like where he's like, These aren't my clothes. This is my possessions. But it what? seems like odd personal items. It just makes me think like there's this like <laughs> there's like a bunch of aliens tooling around in a large ship and then they just have a bunch of people like <laughs> cryogenically frozen that they'll thaw them out whenever they feel like it and they're like Oh, Gleekglorp, what is... You will not no. besmirch the good name of Gleekglorp. <laughs> what is Mr. David? What did he come with? I think he had the things that go on the face. <laughs> and I think he had... <laughs> and they're just like throwing stuff in a bag and they don't know what to he do. He looks like and he would wear this him... flannel shirt. Give yeah. him the flannel shirt. <laughs> it looks a lot better on the When flannel. we looked in David's head, he seemed to have liked the movie Wizard of Oz and the poppy scene. We shall lay him in a bed of flowers. Sure. And, and, and I think he will come to and be very happy and with Glee, us. And Glee, Glee, Glee <laughs> Dwarf has a ukulele and he's like, Somewhere over the rainbow. And they drop him and Give him he him dies a on the way down. Give him a doggy. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, they have a tiger and they're like, Is this a dog? Because they don't know. <laughs> I'm telling it's you. It's a menagerie. Uh, There's thousands which, of things. Which, I mean, okay, so... We'll, I'm sorry. That's what my brain does because I have a weird we'll disease. That's what everybody... I mean, everybody's brain goes somewhere crazy on that because... I just wanted to... No I just wanted to just share it with you guys. That's There's all. nothing logical about it. It it's makes me want said. to buy this book and just to see. I don't think I, I want to say it's, it's above ten? my reading level. He wrote the book. Yeah. I mean, no, that, that, uh, this is a, the, this. I'm assuming this is the top ten. Yeah, that's number ten. That's ten. That's number ten. So, Sir, these, so progressively, know. these are going to blow. You're me telling away more. me that this is stacked. <laughs> I think I think you're starting off strong. Let's see. If, yeah. Let's see if they. I mean, uh, this this is me though. Going back to me having the. Um, I'm going to say this is the uh, time traveling portals. Yeah. I mean, he just f- walked right through one, and then That's a very good possibility. But the thing but about his clothes, the th- and then that he had something what, sitting there it waiting. Just, it always seems haphazard to me, and it, it's some. It's like something that has it's no idea what clothes so go was, with what season. He was skiing. Body type, uh, what you came he, with. He it was, doesn't have any kind of bearing. One thing you I do. With. One thing I do want to point out, though, he was skiing, and his tracks disappeared. But they found his feet, his footprints, all the way to the lake. So this is a very confusing thing you just said. So what <laughs> happened to like? Did it quit snowing and he just went to the lake to sit down, or uh, maybe he did end up in a an alternate dimension? As he was walking up to it, he went so far into the future. Maybe this Stephen Kubaki traded place with. Uh, the real Stephen Kubaki, and this is an alternate dimension. Who knows? I mean, this is this yeah. is the kind of case that would give me a headache if I start thinking about it more and more and more and more. That's where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, he uh, he definitely wasn't this Stephen Kubaki who could have been a PhD. All right, we all know that case number nine. Wow, that's Maurice Demets. Maurice Demets. 
1981, an 84-year-old man named Maurice Demets went topaz hunting with his friend David McSweeney. I want to go As topaz you do. hunting. D- Can I go topaz hunting? <laughs> Demets had a PhD in theology. And in the 70s, As you do. in the 70s he said uh, he said in several publications that he believed the antichrist was coming. Oh my god. He, no, no, the Antichrist is not your God. Mm-hmm. It's a bad one. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But he believed the Antichrist was okay. coming. He wrote that the <laughs> devil would appear a political, religious, commercial autocrat of the world. They drove to Pike National Forest in Colorado. <laughs> Once they were in the park, they had to drive 16 miles down a dirt road until they reached a spot called Topaz Point. Native Americans claimed it was haunted by evil spirits. Oh, God. Early settlers called this place the Devil's Head, which was a very interesting coincidence <laughs> considering his theological background. Did he pick that? Did it not say? It doesn't say who picked it. It just says I mean, that he went Did there. he go with the intense wow. purpose? Like, I think I'm going to sacrifice, you know. I don't think so, no. John today. No, Today's I, the day. I would hope John, not. Get in the car. We're going topaz hunting. Quote, and he's unquote. like, I'm in mm-hmm. the perfect place. All right, listen to this Sorry. part. <laughs> Maurice could barely walk because he had bad knees. God bless he you. needed David to help him down a small hill to get to a sandy digging spot in the forest. When it was time to leave, David walked to Maurice's digging spot to say that they should go in about 10 minutes. He went back to his own digging site 150 yards away to clean up his tools. But when David returned to Maurice's spot, the elderly man was gone. With his bad knees, it would have been impossible for Maurice to climb up the hill on his own, and he couldn't have gotten far into the forest, yet he was gone. He honked the horn, called for him, and searched for a long time. McSweeney flagged down a nearby car and asked them to find the police while he continued the search. The local authorities searched for five days, and yet they never found any evidence. The police closed the case, claiming that they did all they could do. Demetz's wife sent a letter to the governor of Colorado to reopen the case, and she never received a reply. After Paletes created a mini-documentary about the case for Missing 411, pointing out that there there have been a cluster of similar disappearances in Devil's Head, after premiering the mini-doc, the police reopened the Maurice Demetz case over 30 years after the disappearance. So that that is one of the things we didn't uh, touch upon in the last episode was that uh, Palade said that a lot of these cases, there was some kind of physical ailment with the person who, who disappeared physical mm-hmm. or mental ailment. Yeah. So, but I mean, how sad is that? You take your buddy out. He has a hard time with his knees. He can't really move. You help him to his spot. You're only 150 yards away. You know, that's, I mean, in reality, it's, it's pretty good spot, but if your buddy, Oh yeah, got, I love going to the devil's butthole. To look that's up. not the <laughs> To- I like to go hunting topaz. Uh, I always take my friends to the place. Or you know, uh, you about. take your buddy who has uh, the weird opinion, and you take care of him at his at his digging hole. Yeah, that's <laughs> like I know, but it is crazy when you think about. It. I mean, that one's not as not as. I think I think that yeah, yeah this is uh, that one should have been ten. Yeah, because that one before that yeah. that one's like that one blew it away. Oh, like yeah. a one. All right, we're moving on to number eight, Danny Philippides. Philippides. Wow. In February of 2018, so this oh, one's wow. pretty pretty close, a Canadian man named Danny Philippides was on a ski trip with his friends in New York. 
It was around 2 o'clock p.m., and they had been skiing for hours. They were getting ready to go into the lodge, and Danny said that he wanted to go on one more run down the mountain before their lunch break. By 4 o'clock p.m., Danny was failing to return any calls or texts, and the friends were concerned. They began searching for him, and after being unable to find him, they told the employees at the lodge that he was missing. A team of 130 people scoured the mountain without uh, finding him. Six days later, Philippides' wife received a phone call. She didn't recognize the number, and it sounded far away and staticky. It was Danny's voice. He was incoherent and confused, and then what? hung up the phone. She called the number back and pleaded with him to call 911 for help, so he did. He had no idea where he was and just described his surroundings. When the paramedics finally found him, he was still wearing all of his ski gear and in need of medical assistance. He was holding a brand new iPhone and someone had cut his hair. What? Okay. Wait, um, it, it's still, uh, we're not it's done. still going. Yeah. I, I thought that was it. I thought, you know, we would end with uh, haircut and new iPhone. No. Somehow, he ended up in Sacramento, California, at the airport From terminal. New York State. Yes. Somewhere in New York State, skiing. At the airport terminal car rental depot. He was 3,000 miles away from where he disappeared. He couldn't remember how he got there, and he had no idea what day it was. When he learned where he was and how long people had been looking for him, he got very overwhelmed and emotional. Oh, I bet. The leading theory is that he was kidnapped in the back of a big rig truck, but no proof of this has ever what? surfaced. Why a big rig truck? Well, I mean, I guess when you think of human trafficking, you think of, you know, either a van or a big rig truck. Yeah. Those are I also think of giving them brand new iPhones and giving them cool haircuts. Right. Okay. So where did the new iPhone come from? There was no way you're going to like... Where'd the haircut come from? Did he at least wake up and was like... Was it a good haircut? Is, like, nice I want to know, like, what kind of hairstyle or was it? Or did they give him, And like, how Nike well checks? was it executed? I'm, I, this I, is I, part of the story that I need to know. Yeah, I, I think that. I think there was... This mm. one, I think, could be number nine. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, this one didn't take me as a back because uh, uh, Gertie will be able to attest to this uh this is one that i have looked into myself okay recently and uh i had recently told her about it uh, prior to the, the podcast uh and um so the, uh, i did not know he he was in new york state and ended up in california no i, I had kind of for some reason i'd forgotten how far the distance well, what was, was the time three thousand miles what was the time um frame? what was Does it, it say continue talking sorry uh, be going i'll find it right um here. it was just that uh yeah the fact that what, what got me so much was that his brand new iphone six six days six, six days. days can you six days cross-country trip that's, that's straight that would be straight driving would it not with like maybe like one day rest you'd have to look and see but it couldn't have been i mean like You'd have to no, factor that in. Has to be. We, we have a lot of curvy roads. You're so unable that to time, travel that yeah. distance by yourself. I mean, that implies that implies the help of someone else. Even just knowing the man, like even even traveling by air, cross country. Yeah, he has to have a passport. I mean, like you know, in in theory. So you know, so I mean, did someone like medically well, not a pass- passport? Like a I'm sorry, not a passport, but an ID. An ID. Sorry, yeah. not a passport. An ID. Sorry. That's um, a government ID of some sort. Sorry. I mean, you, you've got and have, money. Well, I mean, you know, money for yeah. a ticket. Yeah, unless unless we go with the and that uh, snazzy the, haircut, the trucker, uh, the um, he needed an ID at Verizon big to big sign big. for that 
nice phone yeah, and put that on a plane. <laughs> sure, I mean, could you not in some way track that phone? I mean, surely you could, right? Like, yeah, like, let, okay, so this, this came from this store specifically. Okay, and let's go back. Okay, let's review the cameras. Did he purchase it or was yeah, it someone else? I mean, else? Like, look at serial number. Where was that, you know, And if it was him, to, then, I mean, that, that opens up. I mean, yeah, a ton of different stuff. A ton of different stuff. Do we go with the amnesia again, or or what do we do? You know, did did Danny pull up Pete Hornberger and (laughs) (laughs) thirty rock? That's a thirty rock reference. Excuse me, thirty rock for the win. But listen, we will be back right after this break with some more missing four one one cases. They're getting interesting. Yeah, they're definitely getting interesting. So you're listening to Spooky Family Podcast. Elliot, Gertie, and Beagle will be back in just a second. Are you troubled by strange noises in the night? Do you experience feelings of dread in your basement or attic? Have you or any of your family ever seen a spook, specter, or ghost? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up the phone and call the professionals. 276-299-1681. You can call, text, leave a message. We'll make sure we get back to you. If you want to email me, Elliot at SpookyFamilyPodcast.com We're ready to believe you! Welcome back from commercial. We missed you. We miss not, you. Not we as much. Love you. Not as much as Philippides or whatever missed that haircut, boy. I'm telling you what, he missed it a lot. Yeah, that, that special cut. That that amnesia that cut. Amnesia cut. My goodness. Please give me that amnesia cut. Yeah, when you go to the barber, I want everybody out there to ask for that amnesia cut. I want to forget about it when that I walk haircut, out of here. That haircut that's so Jesus good Christ. that you wake up the next morning and you say. Where'd I get this haircut? That's and the you, amnesia. Yeah, cut. you wake up. I, how'd I get 3,000 miles away? Where'd I get this new phone at? The amnesia the cut. The amnesia cut. It, I mean, maybe his barber like pulled his hair too hard, and that's how he got the, yeah, the that's amnesia cut. Possible. Yeah. That's possible. That's possible. <laughs> All right, number seven on our countdown of top ten missing 411 cases. Uh, and actually, Gertie and I have... Uh, we have a little bit of prior knowledge to this one. Uh, Which I just yelled at the television yeah. over and over yeah, and this over one's, again. To me, this one's more sad than paranormal. So uh, Okay. What's, and all right. a disclaimer, it involves a child. Yes. So, and, yeah, yeah. In a very ju- small child. And a very small child. In July 2015, Dior Coons and his girlfriend, Jessica, and I don't know if I'm saying that right or not, uh, his girlfriend, Jessica Mitchell, were on a camping trip with their two-year-old son, Dior Jr., They brought along Jessica's grandfather and a family friend named Isaac. The campsite was extremely remote on the edge of the Rocky Mountain National Park. There there was only one dirt road uh, leading to the area where they parked their trailer and their car. The morning after their arrival, Jessica, Dior, and Dior Jr. all went into the nearby town to run some errands. When they came back to the campsite, Isaac was holding a large fish. He said he'd caught it in the nearby river. Jessica and Dior Sr. asked to see where he caught the fish, so they began to follow him with their son. Um, The little boy suddenly decided he wanted to get candy from his grandfather, and they allowed him to walk by himself back to the campsite. Now, when they say by himself back to the campsite, uh, it wasn't very far. 
and they could see him. It was probably, I mean, I don't want to say how many feet, but it wasn't very far at all. Okay. Uh, it was, uh, in fact, this says it was only a few yards away. Uh, the grandfather confirmed that little Dior returned safely to him and that he was watching over him, but in the blink of an eye, the toddler was gone. During an interview, the parents explained that they searched for the boy for about 20 minutes before trying to call 911. There was no cell phone service at the campsite, so they had to drive down the road until they could complete the call. A search party helped them comb the area for several days with no sign of his scent or tracks. Helicopters with heat-seeking cameras flew over the area, as well as a two-year-old should not have been able to go very far. Everyone was baffled. Where was Dior Jr.? Years later, the case is still unsolved. Uh, many in the general public believe that Dior's parents are suspects, and there was a public outcry to have them tried for murder. However, there is no evidence that they actually killed their son. And that's one of the things that um, really affected me about the case was... Basically, they couldn't explain it. Nobody could figure out where they was. So they automatically, you know, in cases like that, you're automatically going to assume someone close to the the victim. Yeah. But, like, like it says, there's no proof that these parents did anything to this poor child. So the fact that not only have they lost their child, but now they're having to go through all of this, you know, blame and uh, scrutiny in the eyes of the media. And, I mean, they're pretty much guilty... Not maybe not in real life, but in the eyes of the media the and court people, of public opinion. Yeah, in the court of public opinion. Yeah. And that's gotta be just as I mean it's just gotta make the situation even yeah, more I difficult. Mean, you know, anytime you go out or anything like that, I mean it's just uh, oh there's the there's the couple that killed their kid and try to blame it on supernatural. Yeah. Well, I mean not even I, I think there's been a... Uh, if I remember the documentary, and you all can watch it, it's called Missing 411. Um, they tried to blame it on the grandfather. They said the grandfather wasn't watching and wasn't paying attention when he should be. And that that's probably the case. I mean, I'm not, not knocking him. He was an old man. You know what I mean? He, he uh, Then they tried to blame it on the man's uh, friend. Yeah, the grandfather's the friend. Yeah. Said um, he was a, a sex offender I think and so. I think different so. things. But... But everybody's story says that he was at, you know, the lake or the river showing them where to fish at. Yeah. Um, and then some, I think there was even a, uh, the documentary mentioned that maybe they sold the child to someone uh, when they went to town. But, I mean, everybody's story says that the child was there and that he went to sit with it. So, I mean, it's just, you, and it, it, it really sucks because you can never... If you're those parents, if you did nothing, it's, it doesn't matter. They have been labeled as a suspect, and until poor little Dior Jr. is found, there'll always be a suspect. And it's just, I don't know. I just I feel for him. Yeah, um, that one's more sad than I think paranormal, uh, other than the fact that nothing of no, he, nothing was found. No, nothing. No, absolutely no, nothing. It, no, there was. Oh no, it wasn't a boot. Was it? Was one boot found? I can't remember when we watched the documentary. I don't think anything. Well, and, and well they I were talking not, about his boots were really loose on him, and they should have found one. Yeah, if he was picked up and taken, one. then. Yeah. And of course, somebody's going to say that he was at the river, you know, or but if you read Isaac's and the parents' accounts and the grandfather's account, he went back to the grandfather, which was away away from the river where they caught the fish. So. It's just a it's just a strange case, and any any like uh, I've heard Palade say that uh, any time this case would be mentioned anywhere else, it would automatically you would think it was the parents, 
but it it hits so many of those missing 411 criteria that you you can see how easy it fits in. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. The next person is James McGrogan. Uh, in 2014, a medical doctor named James McGrogan went on a split snowboard trip with friends in Vail, Cal- uh, Vail, Colorado. Not many people have heard of split snowboarding. This is a sport that's a lot like cross-country skiing or hiking in snowshoes. He came prepared with his cell phone and a satellite GPS system. That's mm, important. Okay. He was much faster than his friends, so he said that he would wait for them at the next stop. They lost sight of him and never saw him at any of the stops along the trail. When the search team went looking for him, they found no tracks in the snow that veered off the trail, so they had no idea where he could have possibly gone. Five days later, his body was discovered four and a half miles away as the crow flies, which was more like a 14-mile hike, as he would have had to climb up mountains in order to get where he was. Um, His body was found by two hikers at the bottom of a frozen waterfall. The search party had gone over that area multiple times before, but had never seen him until that day. Remember, this was uh, five days later. So they had looked for him there multiple times, and he wasn't there. McGrogan was mangled in a strange position. His skull was crushed as if he'd fallen from the sky. He was still wearing this full ski outfit and helmet, but there were no boots on his feet. I was going to say, if he, did he still have the snowboard and the split snowboard? No. But there were no, fo- no boots on his feet, and he had also taken off his gloves. The search and rescue team later found his discarded split snowboard, but they never found his boots. His cell phone and GPS were still working, and he had packed a, bat- uh, packed a backup battery as well. They tested the area where he was found, and there was a cell, f- there was a cell phone signal, yet he never called anyone for help. The police deemed this as an accidental death and closed the case. I mean... Nope. I don't... You, you want to know what gets me on this one? What's, what gets There's you on a this lot. one? Okay, <laughs> so they found his mangled body at the bottom of a frozen... Uh, uh, yeah, how tall? A 14 mile... After a 14 mile trek, couldn't find his boots. Again, here we go back with missing boots, mm-hmm. you know, hypothermia, all this stuff. But... His skull was crushed, and he was wearing a helmet. Does that... I mean... I wonder if the if the skull fractures lined up, if there was any damage to the helmet, does it line up to where the um, skull fractures, and I guess uh, if they did an autopsy, you know, um, this or is his a, brain. This is a strange... There was this bleeding on the brain, you know, different, yeah. different things. Or is there... The I'd like to know how how much force it would take for you to hit it hit a um to hit a helmet and it caused that much damage on the inside but not, but to, not the out- to the helmet. Well that's yeah. what I wanna know. I wanna know I'd like to know how tall the waterfall is, where was his body, you know, in distance away from the edge of the waterfall at the top. Did they uh, where is the damage to the helmet yeah. and where's the damage to him? Did they care to even so um, like Look into if the actual his head being crushed was cause of death or was it elements or was it done post mortem or no no don't know they didn't they didn't mention that that's another one we'll have to look into yeah um, that one's still that's still kind of creepy though really weird yeah I mean f- when they find their bodies later and then the, the, when they find them in the spots where they've already looked. That's what I, I go yes. with what, um, you know, Gertie was saying, is that it feels very 
look look what I can do. Yeah. Look, I'll let me show you a trick. Yeah. Um, Keith Parkins, number five. Uh, in 1952, a two-year-old boy named Keith Parkins went missing from his home in Ritter, Oregon, in the middle of winter. He'd been playing outside with his jacket on, but he was far from equipped uh, to spend the night uh, outside alone. His family and a local search party looked for him immediately. They could follow his tiny footprints up to a point before they completely stopped. There were no other animal or adult tracks nearby. Nineteen hours later, they found Keith. He was about 15 miles away. 15 miles away. He had taken his jacket off and was laying face down in the snow on a frozen pond. Keith was alive. When they asked him why he had run away and how he survived, he said he didn't remember. Had no clue. A survival expert named Les Stroud, and everybody knows who like Les Stroud, Survivor Man, you know, that guy. Yeah. Uh, filmed a segment for the Missing 411 documentary to demonstrate just how impossible it would have been for two-year-old Keith to walk so far on his own. Especially at night. To this day, no one is sure exactly how Keith survived the night, and we may never know. That one's really, really, really good, too. I mean, also, I like, you know, the fact that he was found alive. Yeah. Yeah, but for sure. that... That adds to it, is the fact that... Is that the one his dad found him when we watched? Do they talk about him no, no, as no, a different no, no. person? That's a different okay. Yeah. Uh, That's you know, one. you have these survival experts that are like, this two-year-old cannot do this. Mm-hmm. Cannot do this. This is way too great of a distance. You know. And this, I mean, any, well, taking elements, out the weather factor, it's just way too no. great of a Even in perfect conditions, it's way too great of a distance. Yeah, and you know, the child doesn't know that it's lost. I mean, at two years old, you're just going to be well, like, panic I'm hungry. After some, yeah. I'm tired. He said he didn't remember anything. That's the other thing that gets me on these cases is that the people who are found alive have no memory of what happened or, or how they got where they got. Mm. So, you know, going back to that story you told about the Mr. Bear helped me, Mr. Bear kept me, like, yeah. is that this, is that the case? Uh, why so were weird? there no animal or human footprints? There was definitely no car tracks because it was on a frozen pond, so, you know, nothing's going to drive out there. Drive out there, yeah. It's crazy. Uh, this next one I'm going to let Gertie read. This is a, a lo- well, it's local, but it's not that local. I mean, it's from the Great Smoky Mountains, but uh, go it's ahead. It's pretty Gert. local. <laughs> uh, this is uh, from uh, Dark Tales. Um, it was written June 4th, 2020. Uh, is my mic on? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Can't hardly hear myself. The delirium setting in. Uh, <laughs> The disappearance of uh, Dennis Martin. I don't know if a lot of people have heard about this, but it's uh, very strange and very sad. It's a big so. case on TikTok, and I'm, I'm not trying to make a joke there. It really oh, is. Oh, really? Like, oh, is it? A, a lot of people talk okay. about it on TikTok. Cool. I don't do the... Don't do the TikTok. The TikTok. It <laughs> um, goes on to say, six-year-old Dennis Martin uh, went camping with older family members in June 1969. He was last seen preparing to spring a surprise on his father and grandfather alongside his brother and other children. He never emerged from his hiding place, and despite the largest search in the history of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, no trace of him was ever found. The Martin family from Knoxville uh, in Tennessee 
had a long-established tradition of the male members of the family taking a camping trip to the nearby Great Smoky Mountains National Park uh, to celebrate Father's Day. Dennis traveled to the park for his first camping trip alongside his father, grandfather, and older brother, initially arriving at Cade's Cove. The group then hiked to Russell Field, where they camped overnight. The following morning, they set off for Spence Field, a highland meadow and popular camping spot bisected by the famous Appalachian Trail. On arrival, the two Martin children were allowed to play with others camping nearby. His father watched the boy disappear into bushes to hide alongside the other children as they set about springing a surprise on the adults. However, while the other children quickly emerged, Dennis did not. Immediately, his father and grandfather began searching for him, with his father running two miles along the trail shouting his name before returning to camp. His grandfather hiked out to raise the alarm, arriving at Cades Cove Ranger Station at around 8.30 p.m. An extensive search was launched with National Park Service personnel supplemented by National Guard troops and Green Berets. In total, around 1,400 searchers found no sign of the child. The search was later criticized, in part due to a large number of personnel involved potentially obscuring tracks in the ground uh, that was already difficult to track over due to heavy rain. The tracks of a child were found, uh, but dismissed as belonging to one of the Boy Scouts that were helping with the search. However, the tracks were <clears throat> later reported to have come from a child who was missing one shoe and which disappeared on the banks of a stream, suggesting they likely belonged to Martin. This was supported when a shoe and sock were found three days into the search. Despite searchers continuing their effort for over two weeks, no further trace of Martin was ever found. A $5,000 reward offered by the family turned up a number of calls from psychics, but never anything that led to a breakthrough. Some years later, a man who had been illegally collecting ginseng in the park claimed to have come across the skeletal remains of a child, but failed to inform authorities until 1985 for fear of prosecution. When followed up, searchers again drew a blank. In regards to what happened to the boy, most researchers believe that he became disoriented and lost after straying away from the camp, or that he lost his footing and fell down one of the numerous steep slopes and ravines in the area. Despite wearing a bright red shirt that should have been easy for searchers to spot, Martin's small size and the thick brush in the area means a body could well have been overlooked. There's that bright color thing coming yeah. back. Yeah. Other researchers point to the presence of black bears in the area, as well as copperheads and feral pigs. I mean, a copperhead's not going to eat a child. No, but I mean... I mean, it'd kill him, yeah. but it wouldn't eat him. I mean, like, it wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't disappear. Um, sorry, that was terrible, but, you know. I don't, um, No, no, no. I mean, it's just logistically, that's, yeah. that's true. Uh, one underweight bear had been caught in a boar trap in the area two weeks earlier before being released, suggesting that <clears throat> the animals may have been struggling to find enough food. Martin's father, however, believes that his son was taken by another person. This theory p appears to be based largely on the eyewitness account of Harold Key, a visitor to the park that reported hearing a loud scream on the afternoon Martin disappeared. Shortly after, he claims to have seen a disheveled man covered in hair and attempting to remain unseen fleeing through the woods. Key's family elaborated that the figure had a red object slung over its shoulder, matching the clothing Martin was wearing. 
Despite the report, FBI investigators ultimately dismissed it, given that the sighting had taken place more than five miles from where Martin had vanished, and Key was unclear on the timeline. Key later speculated that the man may have been a moonshiner, explaining his reluctance to be seen. One retired park ranger lamented the failure to properly follow up either the footprints or the sighting of the rough-looking man. He, arguing that as the location of the sighting was downhill from where Martin disappeared, it was more than reasonable for a relatively fit individual to cover that distance in that time frame when carrying a child. And uh, to this day, though, they swear there's no feral people living in any of the national parks, but there have been multiple sightings since that time. And apparently. It, apparently there have been multiple sightings of, of people living out there. Is, it, there. is it more of sightings of, like, feral person, or is it Bigfoot type? No, it, it seems to be more along the lines of... A, a normal-sized person, but yeah. just yeah. feral. Yeah, just people kinda, who are living in the wrong hills. Kind of living off, you situation. know, living off the land or whatever. Yeah, I mean, we have people like that here. I mean... We do, but these... To a point, but cannibalistic, feral... Yeah, like... Incestuous. Eat whatever... Um, you know, maybe. Food. I mean, you know, we also Based had... Typically, a couple of uh, weeks ago, we had our own missing... Um, a child. Yeah, I mean... Well, that ended up... Uh, it, it took one night, but... Well, Thank God, yes. You know, there, there. I mean, a couple years back, we had a child missing for two, two and a half nights, oh and found safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, you never know. The, these, yeah. and I, we're not we're resilient. You know, go ahead and say right now, we we don't, we're not saying that's anything paranormal or anything. Yeah. Or anything no, crazy. we're just, we're just glad that they were found yes. safe. Amen. We're saying that, that, you know, it's scared to it's death. More, I feel like more or less, it's you know, every living being, regardless, has a want. Or to live. Like it, right. I mean, even if you push a two-year-old to a point, I'm assuming it's going to want to live. Even though it doesn't understand the concept of it. Yeah. Really. At that, at that age. You know, it's going to bring something probably a little primal to it. Um, in yeah. a way. Yeah. We've got, we've got three more cases. So let's get through these real quick before we take our last break and right. uh, end this up real quick. We'll start with number three. Uh, this is Bobby Bizup, B-I-Z-U-P, Bobby Bizup. Uh, in 1958, a 10-year-old partially deaf boy named Bobby Bizup was attending a Catholic camp for okay. boys called Camp Something Saint, wrong with him. Yep. <laughs> camp St. Mallow that sits on the border of the Rocky Mountain National Park. There's something, you know, physical handicap. Now we're in a national park. Uh, a camp counselor found him uh, fishing at the river and told him to come back to camp for dinner. The boy started to follow him, and when the counselor glanced over his shoulder to, do- to double-check, Bobby had disappeared. 400 people searched for nine days, but they found no clues. One year later, counselors found his hearing aid and bits of torn clothing 2,000 feet up on the side of a mountain. The search party had already searched that area at least three times the year before. None of his other remains have ever been found. So again, you know, right there, there's there's a bunch of different things that fall into that national park, physical deformity, um, not deformity. Well, physical. He was I'm near. Sorry, he was near. That was wrong. Physical handicap. I'm sorry. I'm physical handicap. Um, he was near water. Yes, he was near water. Uh, found on a higher elevation. 
Then where he disappeared. Um, usually somebody not paying full attention. Uh, the point of separation. Right. Point of separation. So, I mean, classic case. And, and that's a lot of these have those, you know, things. Uh, number two. We're on number two now. This is Jared Atadero. Uh, we've, we know this one. In 1999, a three-year-old boy named Jared Atadero was living with his sister and father, Alan, at the resort Jared's dad worked at in the Comanche Wilderness, uh, which is a national park in Colorado. A Christian singles group was staying at the resort, and one of the women in the group offered to take Alan's kids with them for a few hours to a local fish hatchery. They never asked Alan if they could take the children hiking as well, but they saw a sign for a nearby trail and decided at last minute that they would go through the forest. The Christian singles were so involved in their own hikes that they lost track of Jared, and he wandered away from the group. Two hikers in the area saw him walking alone, but assumed that his parents must be nearby. After this, he was never seen again. Um, in 2003... Two hikers climbed up a very steep rock face, roughly 550 feet above the trail. They found one of the child's tooth, a piece of his skull, and Jared's clothes, which were fully intact. They had been taken off his body and turned inside out. There was uh, one shoe, which looked brand new. Somehow, it was perfectly preserved for those four years. The area where the area where his remains were found was far too difficult for a child to climb uh, to himself, and it would have been unnecessarily difficult location for an adult kidnapper to carry him. It also doesn't line up with bear or cougar attack patterns because the clothes would have been ripped and covered in blood. The Atadero family is still haunted by the unanswered questions. How about the people who decided they would take liberties with? Uh, their son. Yeah, well, I mean, of course, yeah. They, no, in no way should they have taken him hiking when they promised they they were just taking him to the fish hatchery. Yeah, I agree, one hundred and ten percent. Yeah, I'm I just telling get dizzy, you uh, and I feel like my heart rate's about one hundred and ninety-five every time we talk about this one. It makes me so just sick. They um, found uh, his the top of it. his skull and a tooth, and if you look at that, that's the crime scene photo I was talking about earlier. If you look at his tooth, it is like perfect, like laid out, presented on a log. And his clothes were turned inside out. Which can't be done by right. an and animal. The, the father went to the sheriff and he said, what, what is wrong? Now, what happened, what to, my happened to my son? And he said, a cougar. A cougar must have got him and drug him up to the top of the hill. Look at his pants. The pants are torn. But the father went to uh, went to wildlife officials, and a cougar would have ripped the pants, not turned them inside out. And yeah, the pants had holes in them, but Maybe mice, some wear and tear mice and birds. It wasn't like slashes you know, or that would cause yeah, you know from. It was like things uh, had been picked apart. A from big it. cat claw or something like that. But yeah. it, it was just little tiny, like little you know, but mice would take I a mean, big so nest. many. That was that one right there. Uh, so many things. Yeah, I know. I see stars every time yeah. we start. Yeah. Um, the Watch. fact that the, the hikers said, "Oh, well, he's right. just a boy with a family nearby," because why would he be by himself? Right, right, yeah. And I mean, he's two years old. Like we know two-year-olds. We've known two-year-olds. Yeah. Like, if you see a two-year-old, no, he was two. He was two. If you see a two-year-old walking by themselves. 
Yeah, I don't care if I'm going to be called like, oh, what are you doing with that guy, that big three? Gig- he was three. I'm sorry. Even that even gigantic so large man. Like, no, I'm making sure that your son or daughter is not. Exactly. Exactly. I don't care what you say about me. Exactly. I'm making sure that they're fine. Yeah. If I, especially if I see them in the woods. Yes. Around no one else. I don't just assume that mommy and daddy's up around the corner or that, you know. Yes. And to think that his his dad was... And, like, we've watched the interview with his dad. His dad oh, is beautiful. heartbreaking. You it's can't hardly really watch it. You can really tell when it, it's, like a, it's like a mixture of defeat with... It's just unreal. Rage, defeat, it's sadness. A lot of it's just uh, emotion. Yeah, um, it's insane. Uh, All right. Is, is, we're doing the last one. Last right one. Now. Last one. And then does we'll the last one involve a kid? I don't think so. Please, God, no. No, 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 no. Thank God. Okay, well, I just want to add one thing uh, about the kids. Like, um, while I was uh, also. Uh, uh, researching a lot of this, mm-hmm. um, which we had briefly spoke about fairies, yeah, in different realms and things of that nature. Yeah, um, there was a couple of them. I don't think they've made this list that are from the four one one. Excuse me, um, but there are accounts from kids who are a little bit older that right. said they were like playing. I know one of them in particular said that a uh, a boy was playing in a stream. Mm-hmm. And he was, uh, you know, just doing the normal, making, like, little mud walls and stuff like that. Right. Like kids do. Like kids like, do. Yeah. And said that all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a stranger appeared, he said, that was wearing a suit. <laughs> that sounds like old scratch to me. It doesn't yeah. sound like um, very... But he said he was very polite, very nice. He said, hey, listen, um, if you would like, you can come back up to uh, my cabin. It's just right around up here. And you can, uh, you know, I've got kids myself, you know, if you're hungry, you know, or you want to play with them, uh, you can if you want to. It's up to you. And the boy agreed. He said, okay. He went with the, he went with the stranger. He right. said as he was walking, he said it went through a beautiful field. Like he said, it was just absolutely, he said it looked unreal. Everything in bloom and bloom right. again. He got to this cabin and there was kids outside playing and stuff like that. And indoors, he said he could smell something like really nice cooking. Like cookies, and, yeah. And then on the front yeah. porch, he noticed a relative talking to another person there. And like one of his relatives? one of his relatives, so he was like, "Hey, uh, I'm I'm here, you know." And uh, they, they said that his relative just kind of uh, acknowledged him and said, "Hey, okay." And um, so that he played and played and played, and he didn't realize it, but he fell asleep. He woke up the next morning, uh, and uh, he said it was like it was right at dawn. And he was just like, "Oh, I can't believe this, you know. I didn't tell so anybody worried. where I went." Yeah any of this stuff and said that the man came to him and offered to take him back. Uh, he said, you care, you want me to take you back to where you was at? And he were, and, you know, he was like, yes, please. You know, they're going to be worried about me. He said, but maybe my, you know, my uncle or something, the, the man, the, the family member that was there, I think it was right. an uncle. Right. Is told them that I was out here. Uh, he said, but I, I really need to get back. He said, okay. And he said he was, he was walking with him, and then he said he stopped at the end of the of the very beautiful like orchard type place, and he said, um, uh, "I can't go any further. Like I'm not going to go any further. Uh, go right down here." And he said, "Turn left, and you'll see your stream." 
He said, follow it for just a, cut, a little bit. You'll be exactly right back at where you were playing with your rocks. Right. The boy said, okay, thank you. And he took off kind of, but he said it felt kind of very strange. He turned around. He no longer seen the guy. Uh, he said that he kind of went kind of back towards where he was at and looked around. There was no field. field. There was no beautiful field. There was no cabin up on the hillside, you know, past it, anything. So he gets back. He's walking down the side of the creek uh, bed when all of a sudden he's met with, by somebody who just embraces him. And they're just elated to see him. And they're like, you've been gone for like so many days. You could, but at first he's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to fall asleep. You know, and then uh, as he's getting back to everybody else after like, listen, no, you've been gone for like two weeks. You know, you've been gone for days and no one's been able to find you. You know, we've been up through here. I just wanted to double check the last right. place I've seen you. Right. And uh, uh, he he sees the uh, uncle and he says, you know, what's it? He, he knew I was there. His uncle's like, I've been here looking for you the whole time. I've never once been up there. Or and and he tried to show them where the cabin and the nothing you know, nothing no. nothing like how he remembered it or anything and it just kind of goes to the whole thing of maybe it, that's one of another weird like our fairy theory maybe yeah. they just wanting to just kind of not even in a mean way just kind of play with children well I mean you know and then there's angels maybe the maybe wood sprites you know wood sprites. maybe maybe the child was sick and you know this was a healing visit and. That's weird about the relative, though. That's that's a new thing yeah. for me. But see, that's, when you when you when you copy something, that is nefarious to me. It's almost yeah, like a it's almost it's like, like a trap. It's it's it's, it's, it's a trick. It's, it's trying to make it's you being, it's lulling you into like a, a sense of like security. Like a trickster spirit. Yeah, yeah. Tr- something's being tricking you, yeah. or you wouldn't be so comfortable unless this these these things were met. I agree. Like it doesn't give me a good like it's a great outcome, yeah. but it doesn't give me a good feeling and, about the story. Uh, yeah, uh, which I know we were going to that last one. I, I didn't mean to go off on this tangent. No, 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 I, no. I was just going to add this one last thing. Was on the opposite side of that, there is another story. Uh, I want to do it really quickly uh, about another kid uh-huh. um, who was lured into a cave away from his parents. And this was also documented in the four one one by his grandma and. When they finally found him days later, he said uh, they 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 chopped it up to just being so happy that he was there. They didn't really ask him much or anything like Thanks, that. Thanks, Granny. Uh, well, he got home mm-hmm. and he said, "I know it's not Granny. I don't like other Gran." And she asked him what he meant, and she he said that he hadn't told anybody what happened. This was the first time he said that he heard her voice. He turned around, and there she was in the woods. She motioned for him to come. He went to her. She took him up to the uh, uh, to cave. She said into a cave. He said where he thought he seen a lot of pictures on the wall. And said that she Send asked him a bunch of questions. Glyphs. That he didn't know the answers to. And she got more and more agitated with him. Until she finally pushed him out of the cave. Hmm. And, that? Yeah, and then they said they what found kind of questions. Is and, he uh, what kind of questions? Said that uh, he said that he couldn't. They were they were just kind of inco- like strange, incoherent, like weird ones. Like um, what you know, is your favorite color? <laughs> Blue, not green. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, that's a Monty Python. Python. <laughs> 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 
But um, needed a little bit of levity there because that, that was. I'm sorry, you know. I, needed to, I needed to do that. I felt it building up. I don't like other grand either, to be quite honest. I, don't, I, mean, the, uh, I mean, that's pretty. That, I think we need to go home and Davis. throw some salt places and. Uh, that's very, very, you know, like know. that's and the the grandmother was like, listen, on that same mountain a year ago, I went on a hiking trip with a friend, and she said I had a very strange occurrence with my friend where. They um, felt like somebody was watching them during their uh, camping trip. And then um, they said they woke up the next day, both with headaches, outside of their tents. They don't know how they got outside. They don't know how they got outside. Nope, no thanks. You know, sometimes you just need to stay home. That's, sometimes, you know, sometimes you just listen. Need to the stand. woods are cool and all, but electronics. Yeah, video games—they've never hurt me like that. No, no, not at all. This man wants a side by side. I want. I do. I want a side by side. Um. Well, let, let's see them try to get, let's let's just rip through the time. Come on, other grand, catch up yeah. with this. Yeah, yeah. And then we just lay. Oh, let's, let's go not back talk into the fifties again and say we did. How yeah, that's that? probably let's okay. Let's never mention <laughs> other grand we won't. ever again until we mean you do. Until we do, in the oh, mall. God. All right, last one. Bessie and Glenn Hyde. Um, in nineteen twenty-eight, a newly married couple named Bessie and Glenn Hyde wanted to take a boat down the Colorado River, which runs through the Grand Canyon National Park. The river was hundreds of miles long, and, longs, long, and it would take several <laughs> days to make the journey. It was so long. Glenn had been preparing for their honeymoon for a long time. He built his own 20-foot boat that was very safe. He wanted to win prize money <laughs> for an, It was also Is longs. this a Donald Trump very safe? <laughs> it was very safe. The most beautiful boat you've ever seen. <laughs> he wanted, uh, he it wanted to win... Longs. Yeah. <laughs> He wanted to win. Yeah, we've lost it now. He wanted to win prize money for a new speed record to travel down the Colorado River, and if they succeeded, Bessie would go on uh, record as the first woman to ever make the trip. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, so that was okay. During their journey, they would stop to hike some of the trails. Never a good idea. Oh, good. Oh, no. They met a photographer named Emery Kolb, as you do, who took pictures of them and later gave the photos to the police. When they never arrived at their destination, Glenn's father became very worried. He asked the park rangers to send an airplane over the river, and they spotted the couple's boat. It was floating upright, with no sign of it being overturned. Their supplies were still in the boat as well, but the couple was nowhere to be seen. The story of Bessie and Glenn Hyde had been retold so many times, it even became a sort of legend, like stories of Bessie's ghost spotted standing in the river. There are multiple theories. In 1971, an elderly woman claimed that she witnessed Glenn abusing Bessie, and Bessie stabbed him and ran away. The woman later recanted her story, however, saying she made it up for attention. A few years later, the unidentified body of a man in his 20s was found buried near the cabin of photographer Emery Kolb. The man had a a bullet in his skull. It was determined that this was not the body of Glenn Hyde. It was not the body of Glenn Hyde. But it still had some people uh, led some people to believe. So we got a photographer serial killer. Maybe it had led some people to believe that Kolb was one of the last people to see them alive. He could have murdered them. Sadly, we may never know the true story behind this. And this isn't. I I don't think this one fits in as much with the four one one stuff because there is a. uh, I don't know. I just don't. What year was that again? It was nineteen twenty. Nineteen twenty eight. And then the woman in the seventies was like, "Asha." Woman in her seventies. Oh, in her seventies. In her seventies. Oh, I, I didn't know when. Okay. Okay. Woman in her seventies. I was 70s. very confused. I was like, I she, she watches was... some kind of weird, 
you know, like a residual haunt play over and over it again? Could, I mean, you know, kind of thing? Or what? I, I guess she was in her 70s when she went to the police okay. and said that Something she had happened. seen it. Yeah. 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 All right, guys. That takes us to our third break. When we come back, we'll be saying bye. We'll let you know what's coming up next week. You are listening to the Spooky Family Podcast. And uh, watch out for old Gran. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, to finish up this episode of the Spooky Family Podcast. We are done with our Missing 411 series for now. We'll always come back to them if new information comes up. I hope you guys quit bothering me with old Gran. (laughs) I'm old Gran. Quit. What? Old Gran. Coming to my cave, little one. (laughs) Does she drink Bailey's from a shoe? No, I hate that. She probably (laughs) does. But, uh, yeah, so... Straight fireball whiskey. So, I would love uh, Mr. Uh, 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 Gran. <laughs> Please help me. Mr. Gran. Um, oh, my God. I would love, absolutely love, if we could get uh, uh, Mr. Uh, David Paletis on on the podcast. Yes. Uh, I would love to pick this man's brain. He, he's, he's doing a wonderful job uh, trying to get... A lot of information out about these things that people, they tend to forget or want people to forget. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Or, yeah. It's just bringing awareness to a... And you don't want to talk about... He's bringing awareness to things that need uh, awareness brought to. You know, I mean, that's a lot of people missing in very strange, very similar ways... And You're clustered doing, on you, the map. And they're clustered. You're yeah. doing the work of the angels, Mr. Pilates, yeah. if you're out there listening. Um, I don't know if uh, if you all have seen that um, uh, tunnel system either put up against this cluster map. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it also yeah. matches a it little matches bit. It matches a lot. Yeah. So that could be another day. Yeah. Another day. It can be. Um, so, guys, once again, you're listening to the Spooky Family Podcast. I am Elliot. You can contact me at Elliot at SpookyFamilyPodcast.com. I'm Gertie, and you can contact me at <laughs> Gertie <laughs> at SpookyFamilyPodcast.com. And I'm Beagle. You can contact me at the SpookyFamilyPodcast.com. But also remember our phone number, guys. Please keep that going. Text us. Text us. Call us. Leave a message. Call us, please. Send us something spooky. Something spooky, please. We're, we're spooky Listen, family. Yes, and we'll kind of, like if you want, if you've got a story if to tell, got pictures of old Grant. <laughs> oh God! If you no. are old Grant, do not call. We don't want to speak to you. I you are. Want, you make us sad. If you ask me them questions, I will. Mm. We don't know the answers, Grant. I don't know. We don't have a clue. Oh my God! 
So, guys, listen up. Uh, Want to take this time to thank Goose and Cronkite over at Here to Chew Bubblegum for all their help and all that they've done. Uh, if you're not listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum, well, change that. Go listen to it right now. It's a great just, show. Just do it. Just do it. And uh, if you want your uh, conspiracy theories, UFOs, we might. Listen, I've seen Cronkite is a crazy man. He may just go ahead and call uh, the president up one day and talk to him on the phone, like right in the middle of a, a podcast. They're all crazy, and uh, you need to listen to that podcast if you get a chance. You're listening right now to the Spooky Family Podcast. Next week when we come back, I'm not going to tell them, guys. I'm going to let it be a surprise. The topic next week is going to be a big surprise. But we've talked about Missing 411. We've talked about all that good stuff, and uh, maybe it's time to get into a little little haunting, little ghost stuff. Or... The Leprechaun. We are not doing the Leprechaun. Oh, my goodness. We will eventually do the Leprechaun. No, we won't. No, we won't. I'm I'm not a fan of the Leprechaun. Are you? Do you mean the movie with? Orville no, Davis? not the movie. The actual entity. <laughs> the worry. myth. The legend. You worry me. The man. I'm the Leprechaun. Oh. All right, guys. See you later. Stay vigilant, dear listeners. Spooky family and uh, Elliot. We're out. Thanks for letting us do this. Please write us. <laughs> the sun is rising. It is time for the children of the night to retire to their tombs. <laughs> Excuse me, rooms. Until next week, dear listeners. <laughs>